myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Looking out my window, the sun is shining down. Listening for the crack of the bat, the day is coming round. There's a brand new season on the horizon, and it's gonna be freaking sweet. Welcome to the Long Gone Podcast. It's me, Michael, and with me, as always, S-Man. What up? Steve Ford. How's it going, man? It's going pretty good. Yeah, deep pull for me here from the uh, Elvis uh, Presley movie soundtrack, Roustabout. Oh, wow. It's a uh, brand new, uh, uh, brand new Horizon or uh, something like that. Yeah. I thought you were tapping into like the Sunday school days. Here uh, comes the coming yeah. of the law. I thought about it. No. Kind of has that feeling. Though. Oh, it totally does. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, I, I love the Roustabout uh, movie soundtrack for Elvis. I think it's uh, very underrated for his uh, some of his movie soundtracks. So. Hey, he wasn't a bad actor, Elvis. I no, actually, he wasn't. No, no, I enjoyed him as an actor in his early days. No. Yeah, I just wish that uh, the scripts didn't become so predictable as uh, as the '60s went on. Because he had some really like Jailhouse Rock and mm-hmm. and uh, King Creole and and loving you and love me tender all that early stuff from the '50s. That was good, good acting, good writing. But then once the '60s came. The songs were cool, but the script was pretty much predictable. It was all cheesy was, shit. Yeah, yeah. He, he was a rebel or a race car driver or something like that. It was the same thing over and over again. Yeah. So, you know. So this, this week so in your Elvis that. trivia. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm quite the Elvis expert here. <laughs> yeah, man. Did you end up watching that Elvis movie? Uh, the, the new, the new one? one, the the one with uh, yeah, Austin, Austin Butler, Butler and all that. Yeah, actually, I saw that the day it came out. Oh, that's right, um, you went to the theater yeah. to see that. I, didn't I, you? I was on vacation from uh, I was on vacation from uh, from work that week, and I saw it the the opening day, and I got some movie swag like a poster and stuff. Uh, when oh no, I, uh, when I got the uh, my ticket and stuff, so yeah, it was good. Beautiful I movie, on, yeah. I think it's on HBO Max, and yeah, very very well done. Yeah. Very well done. The joke of it's kind of a Tom Hanks. He wasn't. I don't. I mean, he was good, but he was like over the top. Like, yeah, like didn't he get like Rotten Tomatoes or like the Golden Raspberries? Or yeah, he got, he got nominated for some of those like worst actors stuff. I'm like, like what? Oh, he wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought he was good, but I, just, I thought like, so too. I, I guess he just went all in, and it was like, holy yeah. shit! I wasn't expecting that from Tom I guess uh, Hanks, Austin, but. I guess Austin Butler went all in. He still like had the Elvis accent for so long. Like, uh, yeah, after the, like in, in real life talking, he still sounded like it's like Austin Butler just used the accent. <laughs> I saw some. Uh, I saw some of the uh, interviews that he had and he, he did. He had that accent. I was like, oh, that's wild. <laughs> yeah. that's crazy. But I guess when you're going that deep, right? You're yeah, exactly. When you're immersed. really into that character. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. So uh, today's <laughs> today. Well, this week is a very special week. It's it is one of the best weeks of all year, every year. Yep. And it's uh, it's opening day week, man. It's opening day week. Everyone is on an even playing field. Everyone is zero and zero. And yes, everyone thinks they have a chance for the World Series. Everybody except for the Pirates, except <laughs> for the Pirates and maybe the Washington Nationals. <laughs> yes. And maybe the Reds right. and, the, and the Tigers and, and the Tigers. Yeah. Yeah. The list goes on. Right? But <laughs> they uh, it, it's a, it's definitely a special week. This is I love this time of year because everybody's getting into baseball because mm-hmm. the NFL season's over. The NBA and NHL yep. are going into the playoffs, their postseasons. Yep. 
And right now the weather's starting to get better. Not so much in Michigan, but the no. weather's starting to get better and people are talking baseball. I mean, hell, you and I are going to a minor league baseball game here what next week. Next week, so week from Thursday. Yep. It's it's coming around, man. And it's yep. it's a contagious feel all all this part of the year. So man. yeah. Tomorrow is opening day. Yep. Which will be March thirtieth. So we're thirtieth recording the show on the 29th. And there's some pretty good matchups. I mean, yeah. Right off the bat, it's interesting. Detroit's opening up against with Tampa Bay. I feel like over the course since Tampa Bay has opened, I think wasn't Tampa Bay's first series of their opening when they were when they opened as an expansion team in Tropicana Field. Was that against the Tigers? I think so. Yeah, I I believe. Yeah, I believe it was. And every time I see Tampa Bay them playing Tampa Bay opening day because it's happened over the years, Mm -hmm. I always think of that time. And it yep. was always this interesting because I think that was like a Wade Boggs team. Yeah, yeah, yep. Wade and Boggs, Fred McGriff, Fred McGriff. Yeah, I mean, this yeah. was a while. What, what, was it Jose Canseco on the uh, the Devil Rays? At Dude, that I think he was. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was. They were trying to build the team with like yeah, with just bad old, old school veterans. people. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. You know, you're an expansion team. You're not going to get butts in the seats if you have like Joe Schmo over there. So right, um, right. But yeah, Shane McClanahan is uh, kicking things off. He's going to kick the Tigers' ass tomorrow, and oh yeah, <laughs> it's going to be good. Yeah. Times. The ace <laughs> of that feel, staff. I feel bad for the Tigers. They 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 kick things off with three in Tampa Bay, and then they have to go to Houston. That's going to be ugly. So I, I'm guessing a week from a uh, week from tomorrow, the Tigers might be like zero oh, and six or one and five as they limp home for the uh, their home opener. <laughs> That's isn't that wild? That's when their home opener is going to yeah. be. So yeah. they're back to back road, back to back road, and then Ooh. they go. I was looking at some of the matchups for the upcoming opening day for week, basically for the opening series. And there's not really a lot of good ones. I mean, I mean, I guess you could say it's it's in the eye of the beholder, right? I mean, some people might love Baltimore, Boston, which I think is an interesting matchup, but opening day, that's not a sexy matchup. Kyle Gibson versus Corey Kluber. Philly's Philly's uh, Rangers might be a lot. That might be a good one. Yeah. Because it's a new look Rangers team. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And I kind of like Miami because Miami versus the Mets is pretty good because you have mm-hmm. the investment. We call them the investment now. Yeah. <laughs> versus a young team that was basically built from Derek Jeter's mind. Yep. Yep. So that should be an interesting one. But St. Louis and Toronto are pretty good, but some of them are just going to be shellackings. Yeah. <laughs> For instance, the Padres <laughs> versus the Rockies. Woo! <laughs> The Braves versus the Yikes. Nationals. <laughs> the Braves yeah. versus the Nationals, ugly. And, and I'm surprised the Braves are starting Max Fried first as yeah, the that Ace. Makes sense. Why not go with Strider? I That's what I would do. Like that, right? Maybe unless, it's an they're, unless they're thinking Strider for the home opener because they want them you know, to have their their sexy starter be the home opener because I think the Braves start on the road in Washington, don't they? Right. Yeah. So it could be. They do. It could be that they're you know going with these guys to try and set up matchups. And then when they come home for their first home series, they could have uh, Spencer Strider uh, leading things off. That actually makes a lot of sense. You know, that actually uh, makes a lot of sense because you look for New York, they have Garrett Cole starting. Now, if Garrett Cole was say the New York Yankees were on the road versus the Giants, I wonder if Garrett Cole would be that starter. But if you're saying home opener, that's where you want your most fans. And you Mm -hmm. look at the people who are starting across the league, The yep. best ones who are starting are doing it from home. Yep. I, yep. I guess except like Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer 
versus uh Sandy Alcantara oh, that's gonna be from Miami. That's a good yeah. one, but that's a road that's a road game for a road yeah, series for Max Scherzer. Maybe they're saving maybe they're saving Verlander for uh for the start of the home opener at City. They could. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think be- you know Tiger, Tigers have an interesting, I think, setup. You know, we were talking uh, off, off, you know, off show of uh, who who would start opening day, and of course they went with Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, but where would Matthew Boyd fall into uh, the rotation? I guess he's starting third, or, or third or fourth. no fourth. He's starting fourth. He's kicking off the Houston series. That's smart. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I think uh, AJ Hinch has Rodriguez, and then in game two he has Turnbull. Game three, he goes with Joey Wentz and then uh, kicks off the Houston series with Boyd. I mean, it makes sense, especially putting Matt Manning. Matt Manning's the fifth starters, which I think will do him a lot of good to stay as the fifth starter. And then it might be it's a favorable matchup, especially when you're looking at the end of some series is when Matt Manning's pitching. But Matthew Boyd pitching that bar into the rotation yeah. is pretty good too. I mean, a lefty, yep. I always am a big fan of stocking lefties at the bottom of your rotation mm-hmm. anyways. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, that, that makes sense, but yeah, it's all in long, all, it's going to be a long season for the Red Sox. When you're opening day starters, Corey Kluber, <laughs> there's not a lot to love about Boston when it no, comes to, not. especially pitching Chris. Sale, Unless maybe. Chris, I was going to say Chris sale. If he bounces back, maybe you know? and they might be holding him for opening day, potentially. I mean, yeah. obviously, Taking what you said about people holding their starters till their oh, home goodness. opening stay makes a lot of sense because look at the St. Louis Cardinals. You have Toronto at the St. Louis Cardinals. Yep. Uh, well, I guess, well, maybe not because they have Miles, Miles Michaelis. Starting, Miles Michaelis, the mustache man, yep. which I don't understand why they would start him when you have Jordan mm-hmm. Montgomery. But mm-hmm. Jordan Montgomery's coming off of kind of an injury, and Jack Flaherty, they're still trying to ease him <laughs> in. So I guess yeah. Miles Michaelis is the only real healthy option of that that right, rotation. Right. So yeah, yeah this is Alec, Alex Manoa. That'll be a, that'll be a fun matchup. I love how they kick off they they intersperse the interleague to kick off the season. Do you remember like years ago when interleague was just starting, <laughs> and there'd be like a specific time of the season that would be mm-hmm. interleague. And, yeah. and now it's like, you know, sprinkled in throughout the whole year, which is really cool. It's kind of progressed over the years to yeah, where it, it was sprinkled in a little bit and then it got a little bit more. Yep. And then now it's just throughout the year, which mm-hmm. I just I really love. I, I I think everybody loves that because that way you can see stars from both leagues kind of go mm-hmm. at it as much as possible. I'm looking here at one matchup, <laughs> the Arizona Diamondbacks at the the Los Angeles Dodgers. I don't like oh, that. No, I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> horror. I, I think it's kind of boo because. I don't like Julio Urias starting over Clayton Kershaw. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't Clayton Kershaw? It, it, Especially if this might be his last it, season with the Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah. Home opener. Yeah, you think it'd be uh Kershaw's uh Kershaw's game to game to start. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's BS. You know what? Let me pile on Dave Roberts a little more. I think that's a stupid move. <laughs> that's a horrible fucking move, bro. Yeah. Oh man, I don't like it now. No. I mean He's basically saying, "All right, Urias is our best pitcher here, then, so he's going to be our opening, you know, opening day starter." Sorry, Kershaw. I know you've given everything to uh, Los Angeles, but uh, yeah, we're giving. But go fuck yourself. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, (laughs) exactly. Uh, Steve, looking at these matchups here real quick. uh, Aside from the Tigers, which we're going to have to watch because they're our team, of course. Yeah. What other game will you be tuning into? Oh man, you know, if it wasn't so late, I'd be tuned into this bad boy. I like the the Guardians versus the Mariners, mm-hmm. Shane Beaver versus uh, Luis Castillo. I think that'd be fun. But it's a ten o'clock start, and I have my daughter, and it's uh, you know, 
got to get up early the next day for all that fun stuff. But um, I would say this one looks fun is uh, the White Sox versus the Astros. I agree. That's uh, a good with, matchup. With Dylan Cease and Premier Valdez. I think you know Astros coming off the World Series. It'll be uh, it'll be fun to see uh, you know two two heavyweights there. Uh, you know Valdez, you know taking over the opening day role. Usually that'd be a Justin Verlander role right there. And right. Uh, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see no Altuve. So the Astros, you know, see how they handle things there. I think that'll be fun. Obviously, the one you talked about, it'd be fun to see the uh, the Mets and the Marlins. I think would be a, a fun one to watch at four o'clock. I like seeing Hunter Green getting the nod uh, as the opening day started. I do too. Reds. I know we talked about the Reds sucking, but it's cool with Hunter Green just because he's been, it's been such an up and down uh, roller coaster of his uh, career trajectory so far. And to see him uh, get the opening day nod is pretty cool. Especially so. last year, he, he was that guy who could strike out a lot of people, but he could also mm-hmm. walk a lot of people and right. give up a lot of runs. So I think I think everyone had Hunter Green on their team on our fantasy, uh, or our oh. fantasy at some yeah. point. We passed him around like a doobie, man. He really did. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had him twice. No, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think I did too. When you need that, because he could get you strikeouts. Because he could get you so many strikeouts, but then he'd lay some eggs and just start oh. walking people, so the whip would be terrible. Oh, that if yeah. you want to keep an ERA down, he ain't the guy to have. <laughs> He's on not the team. exactly. Hundred <laughs> percent. No, I, but, I, I yeah. agree. Yeah. Oh man, but what about you? Uh, like I said, dope. the Phillies Rangers would be uh, dope. You know, Degrom versus Aaron Nola. I think it's going to be a dope matchup there. Yeah, there's a um, few. I, I I think overall I'm disappointed in the matchups just because mm-hmm. I want to see the big ones go early on. It'd be nice seeing New York and Boston go at it. Yeah, I was going to say like Yankees Red Sox to kick off the season would be dope. Or that would like be a, pretty dope. A, a Dodgers Giants or something like that. You know, those, right? Those. those Blue blood or, or Dodgers Padres would be pretty yep. sick, but mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of in agreement with you, man. I love the Chicago White Sox and the Houston Astros. I think mm-hmm. that's going to be an interesting one. You have two teams, one potentially coming off. Well, they are coming off their World Series win, but they're a little bit of a different look this year. Yeah. And then we're going to see how the rest of that rotation works. And then you have the Chicago White Sox who Michael puts up there. As, yeah, you really are holding out hope. This is it. Yeah, this is the they're, they're going to put it all together this year. It's going to happen. Hey, they won't have Tony Larusa sleeping in the dugout. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. So, uh, do they have managing now that's going to be sleeping in the dugout? <laughs> Pedro uh, Gilfoyd, oh, yeah. the okay. uh, he was a kind of a bench coach for the Kansas City Royals. That was it. Okay. So uh, he's pretty good. I mean, he's yeah. not bad. So, uh, and then I guess the other one I'm I'm really for, which is would be Toronto at St. Louis uh, to. Okay. I think yeah. you have them in your World Series, the Toronto Blue Jays, and I, I have the the Cardinals in my World Series. And I mm-hmm. think those are going to be two teams everybody's watching for this year. Yep. So that's going to be, you know, fun opening day, regardless of some matchups. I just can't wait to get it started. At the same time, I'm really scared because we know it's going to be a shit season for the Tigers. Yeah, so. it's going to be a, a you know a forgotten season pretty much. As uh, I think Scott Harris is pretty much written off the season, like he he's not looking for any expectations here. So. It's almost like he's sitting back and saying, well, let me look at this team. Let me get a good mm-hmm. look at this team. Give him a couple little pieces here and there. Let's see yep. if the... He's really putting it on the shoulders of the young guys. The, he is. The Greens, the Torkelsons. The Torkelsons. Yeah, I was surprised that Torkelson made the team, I mean, to be honest with you. I thought maybe they would give him that time in, in AAA. Bro, I thought let, so, let, too. Let him go to Toledo for a bit, see what happens. But, I mean, he to be fair, he did start mashing it near the end of spring training. You know, he's putting good contact on the ball. He wasn't getting the power numbers that we wanted to see, but Still, I, I always said keep that good feeling going mm-hmm. in Toledo for the, uh, a month or so, and, and see if that if it's still rolling. Then bring him up. 
You know, you're exactly right, Stephen. I, I think at that time, if you were to say, "Hey, you're doing really good right now," but we're going to start you right. in the minors, that would kind of ruin his confidence a little bit. It seems like he has mm-hmm. a little bit more confidence going into the season, so uh, let's stick with it. But at the yeah. same time, if he did suck, if he was shitting the bed all of spring training and didn't have and that resurgence, still him up. Yeah, <laughs> that would he. That means he's just wasting the spot of somebody who could actually uh-huh. produce. So I guess yep. we'll see a little bit. It's funny, kind of. I uh so MLB the show came out. <clears throat> you got yours early. <laughs> I did. Uh, I haven't gotten a chance to play it yet. Uh, hopefully th- this weekend's going to be my time to really which dive I definitely want to talk in a minute here about the the captain's pack that you got which yeah. holy fuck. Yeah. Uh, so I got mine. Uh I should have went for the version you got because you mm-hmm. got yours like a week early. I got mine a day ago. That's when they That was it. It, oh, it, it came in but it let me start a day ago to actually uh, play because I didn't get yeah. the captain's version. So so I started playing and I was de- I was Detroit. I was like, I'm going to do a franchise. It's kind of overwhelming when you first play it. So I yeah. uh, I picked Detroit, but I was I said, well, I'm not going to make them win the World Series their first year. I, I kind of want to build this right. right? Give them a couple good pieces, <laughs> what have you. So I'm going to be the Cardinals and I'm going to be the Dodgers on the yeah. uh, as part of the in the franchises, too, obviously, because of Nolan Arenado, Mookie Betts. Right, right, right. So. I'm trying to build the Tigers, give them some pieces that we can grow upon. And I'm looking, it's it's the cupboard's bare, isn't it, buddy? <laughs> the, the cupboard has started bare and there's not much you could do. You're like, whew. well, let's hope Riley Green racks it <laughs> yeah. up. And it's uh there's it's so many question marks with this team. It's so, like, oh, bro, if, if Torkelson can hit and Riley Green can hit and they move Mickey down in the order and they don't still think of him as, you know, number yeah. three hitter yeah. if if turnbull can come back from injuries and be the turnbull that pitched the no hitter <laughs> if, yep. if matthew boyd can finally be the matthew boyd everyone thought he was going to be when he had that near perfect game or whatever against the white Sox there yeah. a couple of years ago if eduardo rodriguez can finally earn his money if javier wow. baez huh. won't swing at pitches 10 feet off the plates you know a uh, lot of ifs way too many ifs a lot of if things all have that to comes go right. together Maybe we'll win 70 games. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I won't count on it. Uh, no, no. But ESPN did say that a main thing that the Tigers will need to do this year aside because they're putting so much faith. It's not a secret that they're putting so much faith in right. their young guns. Yep. They said Javier Baez needs to play like they paid him. And mm-hmm. they said while he's a magician in the field, El Maggio or whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, he sucks at the plate. I mean, he, he's a way over aggressive and yep. he, he has so much raw, good potential. They need to mm-hmm. recapture what he had with the Cubs. But at this yep. point, it, it's going to take a good uh, hitting instructor, uh, hitting coach oh. to really hone it in. Anyways, they basically yeah. said he is kind of the 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 guy that there's going to need the biggest turnaround. So yep. we'll see. So anyways, going back to the show, the show is is been awesome. I mean, okay. I haven't played it tons but i've played some games and trying to build my teams and franchises and what have you and right away a couple things strike uh s- s- stick out big time uh big uh the tigers suck uh there's <laughs> yeah. there's some people there that you think will have high ratings and there's some that 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 aren't and there's mm-hmm. some that just have higher ratings that have no business being that high of rating right and mm-hmm. uh yeah. and another thing sticks out is some of the players faces they didn't get so right um oh god 
Spencer Torkelson looks like he has special needs. I hate to say it, oh but he, he just, they did him dirty. <laughs> they did him dirty. <laughs> he doesn't, I don't know, man. It's like bad facial scans. Like, did you hear that they finally, like, remember how they said Dan Campbell never looked like Dan Campbell? Well, <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess at the horrible. owners meeting, the Madden people finally came down and did the facial recognition stuff. So Dan Campbell <laughs> will finally look like Dan Campbell. On, that's uh, that's on good. this coming year's Madden. Uh, that's Madden good. Series. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he, so maybe like they just missed shit. the ball on that with, uh, with, with Torque. <laughs> oh, bro. They so uh, look like, like an off brand, like, like, uh, MLB 2K. Remember those games were like PS2 where, or, you know, PS2, PS3 where they looked like dog crap. Kind of, but you know what he yeah. kind of looks like? You ever seen mice and men? Yeah, with uh, with Gary Sinise mm-hmm. and uh, John Malkovich, yeah. he kind of looks like John Malkovich from from Mice and Men. <laughs> oh I ain't God. lying, bro. And I'm telling you, he looks off. <laughs> oh man! It looked like yeah. a ball hit the side of his face, and he never <laughs> recovered. <laughs> oh man! I was gonna ask. So I was gonna ask. So it's your first time playing it on uh, on PS5, obviously. Yeah. Outside of the Spencer Torkelson looking like he's, uh, if he uh, are the other graphics like really sharp and stuff, or they look good. PS4, Steve, don't get me wrong, they look good, but you yeah. ain't missing much if you don't have PS5 and you're playing okay. the show. But I tell you right okay. now, I can't tell the difference between the PS4 That's version cool. and the PS5 version. Is it I, like maybe maybe faster for loading or maybe or? No, maybe no, you're like, no. <laughs> a little bit. That's the PS5. That's what it's really good. It, yeah. it does. The load times are instant. It's it's really nice. I'll, I'll give it that. But man, Steve, for the most part, you're not missing out on much when you're talking about a PS4 or PS5 in terms of if you're playing MLB The Show or okay. uh, NBA, NBA 2K series. It kind of yeah. all looks the same to me. Maybe I'm missing out. Maybe I'm not looking for those details, dude. But right. when you have somebody for instance, as uh, uh, Shohei Otani or Mike Trout, yeah, they look exactly the same that they would have looked in a PS4. So, okay. okay, I'm, you know, it's interesting. But I, I, one thing I do love about the show this year mm-hmm. is the I loved and don't give me. I think this is such a breakthrough for them for the this game is uh, mm-hmm. the addition of the Negro League players and yeah. the clubs. They have stories, dude. You can go oh, through cool. stories of certain. And they try, and it's almost like a history lesson. They're trying to show, tell, teach you about certain players. I haven't really fully engulfed myself in it, Steve, but it's really fucking cool. So cool, yeah, man. Ah, I look forward to that. Yeah, when I saw that they they brought the Negro Leagues into uh into MLB the show, I was like, oh, this is great. Oh, bro, I love it. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, the captain's pack uh, is pretty cool. Like I said, I haven't I haven't cracked mine open yet. Um. Which sucks, you know, because that was the whole big thing about getting the captain's pack. Because you got it like four days before the uh, sh- before the you know the game was released. To everybody else, well, yeah, I did get mine four days before, but it sat on my buffet for about four days. Yeah, yeah. just haven't had time. But yeah, it comes with a steel case, and it's got that nice Derek Jeter like cartoon on there, like it was on the yeah. box that I showed you. So dope. And then on the back, or then it comes with a cool MLB the show hat. It's got like you know that that San Diego feel on the hat and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's really you know. Uh, a, a dope setup and then that that cool box that it comes with so it's it looks pretty cool i remember you were showing me pictures and i did a little more, more deep diving into it and it, i mean it's really cool i mean and it for, comes with a lot of cool stuff too like uh you know i'll i'll be able to pick out some legends to start my team and stuff and very cool and uh you know packs of uh cards to open to add players to my teams and stuff so yeah that's one thing i've never got involved in with any game 
other than what we have with Top's bunt, but mm-hmm. uh, MLB the show. I've never done the card thing. I've never. That's cool. Yeah, I did. A some people bit are really year. into it. Yeah, you got to keep up on it though, because they have like weekly challenges and stuff. Mm-hmm. Sometimes even daily challenges. I can't wow. play that much, but I, you know, right. I tried. Tried you know building a team. It was fun. You know, building a team up, trying to do the challenges to to get better players and stuff. And yeah, if only I had more time, I'd be able to uh, to tackle it more. But I just don't. Hey, who does with <laughs> for as much as and when you play the game for as much as they give you, it's so overwhelming. Yeah, and, it's, and still, it takes you better buckle up. You know, if you plan on playing, you better take an hour or two, uh, uh, set, set aside that time. It's not like you can pop in there for like 30 minutes and, and call and call it good. You no. know, if you're going to play, even if you play one game, it's a good 45 minutes to an hour to get through a nine inning game. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's nonetheless, it's fun. And they get, mm-hmm. they have you pick the way you play the game. So you could do it old school. Yep. You could do yep. it. The new school with the, new the school. With the, yeah, the, me, I'm resistant to change. Stuff, I, I always, yeah. I always pick the same, the same way it's every time, the same way yeah. I've played for the last five years. I, I do too, because <laughs> you're not really gaining anything and you're not losing mm-hmm. anything. Nope. Any sometimes, I, sometimes I'll get lazy too if I don't feel like making the uh, plays in the outfield. I'll put the auto play on and stuff. So, really? Yeah. Oh. So, I'll, so I'll do the pitching, and then the ball gets hit and play, and I'll just let the computer take care. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's really actually funny. They did. I don't know if this is new or not because I don't know if I've played the last show. I can't remember. But when they hit a ball, you can do the ball tracking. So remember, yeah. the, remember the old school MLB games where it'd be mm-hmm. like you can see the ball and it gets smaller mm-hmm. then it gets bigger. Mm-hmm. And they do that here too, where oh, it can cool. go up and then it gets bigger until you're under it in the outfield to catch a pop fly or whatever. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Uh, yeah, well, ra- a lot of the time, yeah, I'll just let I'll let the computer handle it. The only time I don't do that is if I'm doing road to the show, and then I actually have to be a, a you know a defensive player, and then I'll, I'll do the plays myself. Obviously, that's, yeah. A lot of times I'm like, hey, you know, what? just let the computer handle. Yeah, just and then I'll and then I'll yell at the computer when they make an error. Like I could have done better than that. Come on, you bums. Yeah. <laughs> There's only five players in the '99 club this year. Really? And I'll be the show. There's Trout. There's Goldschmidt. Oh, no, there's not five. There's one, seven. There's seven. Trout. There's Goldschmidt. There's Aaron Judge, Shohei Otani, DeGrom. Yeah. Uh, nope, there's only five. Never mind. Trout, I am right. Trout and Otani, man. If only they could play on the same team, two 99-rated players. And yeah. Imagine if they played on the same team, right? I know, right? <laughs> you think that team would be like an all-star team and be actually yeah. good. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> noticeable, noticeable dips. Bryce Seriously. Harper. They say Bryce Harper got they he got snubbed, which I don't think so. That performance yeah. <laughs> in the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we 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 talked about his World Series performance. Yeah, uh, totally shit the fucking uh-huh. bed. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And some some players, uh, Kershaw and Betts, they they talked about their their ratings bets thinks he should be a 99 but obviously... no bets you know what we'll talk about mookie bats here later in the show i can't and my, wait and my thought and my thoughts on mookie bats yeah and, and you're not gonna like but, i yeah. i actually have a note about that i i because i definitely can't wait till you bring that up so and moving with opening day off-season moves are now over everybody's yep. here to talk about the 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 season uh yep. the teams that you built during the off season are now going to be playing tomorrow so steve i want to know who is your top 3 with an honorable mention so i guess top 4 teams <laughs> old honorable mention right. who've had the best off season in your mind 
Okay. Okay. I like it. Um, I'm going to go with my honorable mention. I'm going to go with the, with the Yankees, uh, just cause I obviously like the Aaron judge move, uh, making him the captain basically back in the, the Brinks truck up, uh, to pay him, which he so rightly deserves. I like that. Plus, you know, they picked up, they bolstered their uh, pitching rotation a bit with Carlos Rodon. Hopefully he does well in the, uh, the New York spotlight there. So just those couple of moves I like, uh, which puts them in my honorable mention category. Uh, coming up at number three, though, uh, hopefully they can put together. It'd be the uh, the Texas Rangers. I like what they uh, what they've done, and they come in for me at number three. Obviously, picking up Jacob Degrom, <clears throat> excuse me, was huge. But then also picking up uh, you know other veteran arms, Andrew Haney, uh, Nathan Valdi, uh, were were big as well. So trying to bolster the staff, and then bringing in Bruce Bochy to be the be the manager and uh, steer mm. steer the ship. So um, combine that with you know the offense. Hopefully. Marcus Simeon could pick it up. He had a pretty good second half, shitty first half, but uh, hopefully he can put it all together. Corey Seager, you know, they they got the pieces. Uh, you know, uh, Jung, hopefully he can uh, stay healthy, play a full year, because I yeah. think he's going to be a, a big uh, rookie there to watch out for. So uh, number three there, I like uh, I like me some, uh, some Texas Rangers. Uh, numero dos, I'm going to go with the Seattle Mariners. Mm. Um, yeah, bit of a bit of a uh, surprise, but I like what they... Yeah. Uh, like what they did, they you know made made some moves. They got Teoscar Hernandez, that was great. They picked up Colton Wong. I like uh, like those moves, and uh, you know just to put it all together with a team of you know they got Julio Rodriguez, you know a team that's that's ready to go. Suarez, I, I like this. Uh, I like the Seattle team, so I like the moves that they made there. And uh, I mean, for me at number one is the uh, the San Diego Padres. Padres. Um, yeah, yeah, the Padres. I mean, what, what can you say? They're uh, they're they're going for it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously they signed they signed Machado, they got Xander Bogarts. Um, you know, they last year made the move for Soto, but we're talking about what they did in this offseason. I just like, you know, all, all the moves they did. Uh bolster they they signed uh, Darvish long term to keep him around for a while. So uh so San Diego, those uh those Padres, my my World Series pick, they're coming in for me at uh, number one for uh off, best offseason moves. Good, good pick. Whew. Mine, <laughs> mine is we, you and I are both both very close within yeah. the same wheelhouse here, with the exception of maybe one team out. But my honorable mentions: the Rangers. Everything you okay. said, I liked how they're all in, and yep. Jacob Degrom was the immaculate signing they needed. So yep. they're going to hit my honorable mention. Number three for me is the Yankees, simply because they extended Aaron Judge. They locked mm-hmm. up their their guy long term. I love that they brought Anthony Volpe up. He's yep. going to make the opening day roster. It looks like, and they're going to have Glaber Torres. At second, which gives DJ LeMayhew some time to not only platoon a little bit, but be provide good depth for this team. Right. And they were able to be able to stick with, well, they're going to stick with Harrison Bader and what have you, but yeah. Anthony Rizzo, they locked up again. So I, I really enjoyed what the New York Yankees have done in there. Now, number two for me is going to be the Padres. I mean, everything you said, I mean, it's just the powerhouse that is the Padres. Yeah. <laughs> the Padres are one of the best teams on paper in major yes. league baseball right now. And when yeah, they have t- Tatis come back, it's going to nope. be game over <laughs> potentially. So, or it's going to be an epic collapse, which oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> it's going to be another great prediction by the S man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the number one for me is the Mets. Okay. I, I loved what the Mets did this season. I think yep. there, it wasn't under the radar. They certainly stuck out like a sore thumb. They, <laughs> they made commitments to Max Scherzer by giving him help in the rotation and obviously in the field as well. So he's going to have prime bats to produce runs to be able to keep his 
his scoreless innings up. And uh, but that's by bringing Justin Verlander. I thought that was a smart signing. Yeah. I think they went all in on Justin Verlander. Weird that he's not the opening day guy because he they is bring. the he is the ace. He, or he won the Cy Young last year in the American mm-hmm. League. So that's interesting. But I also like that they signed Kodai Senga. I mean, I think that was. Oh yeah. I got him in fantasy too, and I think he's going to be potentially one of the best rookies this year. So took Senga uh, away from me. But we'll, uh, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, he digress. I, I love yeah. that they signed Jeff McNeil, man, and yep. I, I just I think and and Brandon Nimmo they resigned as well. I think this team is really built top to bottom very well, and mm-hmm. it could be an epic failure or it could be an epic series, an epic World Series run that they go on. Yep. So yep. for me, it's definitely the New York. Mets. I like it. I like it. That's that's some solid picks there, my friend. <laughs> exactly. Steve, here's something you haven't heard in a while. Oh let's go to some fantasy factor. All right, let's go. Let's dust it off. Man, uh, what do we say for fantasy factory? We, we you and I, we man. you Steve was the hatchet man this year and he kicked out a bunch of people in our league. I did. It was great. Yep. Uh, I, he, I, I took my commissioner uh <laughs> title to about uh, highest power here and i was like you know because you and i talked about it last season we were sick of uh people just not trying yeah and, you know and they're like you know i think for next year we should either branch out and do our own league or revamp the league that we're in yeah it's like you know what all right i'm gonna kick some people out and if they come back and talk with me then sure we can talk about getting the back end but i guarantee i kicked out like three or four teams and none of them actually said anything yeah they probably don't even know that they're kicked out exactly <laughs> It was just there was about three teams that were just not, not trying, not trying in the end. Yeah. And it started progressively becoming worse starting a uh, couple years ago and then mm-hmm. or maybe a few years ago even. So yeah. it, and then we replaced them with better people, better yeah. who are actually wanting a a hardcore run to want to go yeah. on a, a good competitive uh, play with fantasy. Yep. So. Yeah, it's been good. I mean, our draft is pretty cool. It was weird. You picked first in our this year. I did. I which did. I've never seen you pick first. And then I've I never picked, picked first. And then I picked last, 12. Yep. You which did. I wanted. I told you right before the draft. I'm like, man, I hope I pick 12. Like, yeah. I, I think I mean, you and I talked. It's like you either want to be like right there at the top because then you can do back to back on the way back, or you want to be picking at the bottom so that you can do the back to back at the bottom. And yeah. Sure enough, I got the top spot. You got the bottom spot. So we still got to do the the back to back picks uh, uh, with the snake draft style. So. And you were with your first pick. Who did you end up choosing? Uh, Trey Turner. That's yep. A good pick. Yep. You were, you were texting me because uh, uh, I wanted per- to know. You're the only person I know. You got into the draft 30 minutes before the draft actually started because you wanted to see where you were, where you were picking. Yes. And I got on there. I was like, hey, I got the first pick. It's like, oh, who are you going with? You going with Aaron Judge? I'm like, nope. Like, you going with Acuna? Nope. And then I, and I joked, I was like, I'm going with Matthew Boyd. <laughs> and then sure enough i decided i went with trey turner uh just because uh you know yeah i could have went with acuna uh you could have had a good bounce back year or he could have been the acuna that we saw uh, this past year which didn't live up to expectations at all uh i could have yeah. went with aaron judge but is aaron judge going to live up to the 61 home runs that he hit uh last year i don't think so is that why it was kind of harder for you to take somebody like aaron judge or Ronald yeah. acuna yeah because, because i don't uh, I, I didn't know if they you know because they're all power and rbis and uh I, w- I wasn't sure if they'd live up to that hype, but I know with Trey Turner, I'm going to get a guy that's going to hit right around 300. Yep. He's going to have power in his bat. He's yep. going to drive in runs. And he's going to steal bases. He's got four four categories that he can dominate in. That's so, It's a perfect pick when you think about yeah. it. And he's at the top of the list in most fantasy rankings, yeah. which yep. is interesting. And then as the draft kind of went on, 
you kind of seen there wasn't people that really reached for for pitchers, which I liked seeing because no. I think I, I, and and I noticed speaking of pitchers that yeah. you you did the smart move, but you didn't select a closer. I don't think at all because uh, I don't know if you're reading the same thing that I was reading. Like half the major league teams don't even have a closer yet. Exactly, dude. It's so like why, why why reach for a closer if if that person might not even be the closer? You like have maybe five or six teams that have set closers right now. Right. You know, and that's and you, and you want to go for them. You got your Josh yep. Hader in San Diego. Mm-hmm. You got Ryan your Daniel Presley. Bart, Ryan Presley with Devin Philly. Williams. Williams. Yep. You got, yep. um, what's his face? Uh, Daniel Bard with Colorado, yep. who I had last year. Yep. But you're right, Steve. And that's exactly it. I, I I was like, well, I almost guarantee I'm not going to win that category all the time. Right. So I would rather bolster my guys, which I still have to do some more work on the team, but I'd rather bolster the strikeouts. Yep. The ERA things yep. like that for sure. The wins, yeah. The wins like, for yeah. Like if you look my my pitch, I I went with I wanted to get three aces. I tried to get three aces in my top eight picks, but I only ended up with two. Right, because that that was a strategy that I was going for. Because you know you're going to get the you know this the strikeouts you can get those picking stuff up off the waiver wire. But in order for your team to be really good, you want to have at least two to three solid number one starters in your uh, in your rotation there. And I was able to get two. I got you know you did. I got. Darvish up there, and then I got um, Dylan Cease. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I wanted to get one more, but then everyone started sneaking and grabbed my my picks. As I was like, no, yeah. I should have picked one too soon. But but yeah, like like you said, I, I normally when I uh, was uh, you know doing my teams, I would always try and bolster the uh, the save category. And I was like, you know what, I'm I'm going to try something different. I did the same thing. I got maybe one or two closers, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, one one was a reach with uh, David Robertson because I figured he was going to be taking Edwin Diaz's place. So God willing, I think he is going to take his place. He but is. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you know, I didn't try and go for the saves like I usually do. Um, yeah, I've noticed that. I've noticed yeah. that too. And uh, it was it was all around pretty good draft. One thing I think I noticed about this draft is a lot of young players are rising, mm-hmm. are rising up, and some of them are unjustably higher ranked than they should be, which I just couldn't understand. Yeah. But for the most yeah. part, it, it works pretty good. I mean, one of my strategies was get all I the need, catchers that you can get. I wanted two <laughs> good catchers. That's yeah. exactly it. I wanted two really good catchers came with real Muto and yep. I couldn't believe, cause I knew if I didn't get real Muto, you were going to be sniffing it. Or my yep. brother, Mark or my dad mm-hmm. and Adley Rushman, which I didn't know my brother was scouting out. I knew mm-hmm. you were going to be looking mm-hmm. for him. So I was like, I want to get both catchers because, and they have to be hitters. If they're not hitters, then yep. I'm wasting my goddamn time. Exactly. Uh, That's just a spot on the roster. Though. Right. Yeah. I might as well get Eric Haas or some yeah, fucking. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Some uh-huh. guy that just can't fucking hit his weight. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so basically, uh, that was my strategy. So basically, when it came like third round or something, I'm, I'm okay. Get get a catcher. Yeah. A couple yep. rounds later. Okay, this Adley Rushman's way down there, but I know Steve. I'm gonna grab this mm-hmm. guy. Uh, but one thing I did in this draft, I knew exactly who I wanted. That's one thing yeah. I noticed about you too. You didn't do best player available. You and I were like strategically picking our players. No, no. yeah, it wasn't like I was gonna pick the next person that was at the top of the Yahoo board. Right. Honest, I was picking people that were like a ways down, but I think that the, that they're gonna do well. You know, so yeah, you know, I, I basically was saying. Screw you, Yahoo rankings. I think this guy's better than what you're saying. Right. Like, I you couldn't know? believe Mike Trout was not a first-round yeah. guy. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to take him with the 12th and then come back and get Arenado, which I couldn't believe is mm-hmm. another guy that wasn't in the first round because these guys are fantasy darlings. So yeah. 
yeah. I guess. Which, if you guys, any longtime listeners to the show, they'll always Steve will always say, "Don't worry about what everybody else says. Get to the best person you think would be good mm-hmm. for your team. Yep. Don't go with the trend. The, the best player available, or everybody's taking this guy, doesn't mean yeah. that guy's going to be great. And, you know? and don't don't go with you know the the rankings. You know, just if your rankings aren't at the top or wherever uh, after you know the post draft rankings, right? Don't don't pay attention to that stuff because nine times out of ten, it's not going to work out the way. Amen, brother. That, that, that's that it says on paper. All right, <laughs> that's exactly it. So, and and with stating that, I thought let's well, we thought let's do a let's do a first round mock draft. Okay. Let's do. I said ten players. Let's do twelve. Well, because uh, yeah, we're we're a twelve team league, so yeah. All right. So Steve and I, we're gonna go back. We're gonna go. I, I or he picks one, and then the other guy picks one, yep. and do that. And this is kind of how we should see how we feel the first round. It'd be basically our fantasy mock draft. How we right. feel the first round should go. Yep. So Steve, do you have a coin to flip? If you flip a coin, who's gonna get the first pick? I have a coin. Do you have a coin by? Uh, I got it on my phone. So you got a coin app. Good. I got a coin app because I'm a D and I'm a D and D nerd, and it has. I, it on I, was, there. I could go to Gemma's piggy bank and uh, grab something, but uh, you'd be like, Dad, <laughs> Dad, uh, I want that back. <laughs> okay. Heads or tails? Um, give me um tails. 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 <laughs> Here we go. Tails it is. All right. Tails never fails. So Steve is going to get the first pick. So he'll get the one, three, five, seven, nine, and 12. And then I'll get everything in between. So Steve, <laughs> yeah. in your eyes, fantasy mock draft how we feel the first round should go who are you picking number one well i'm gonna go with the guy i picked last time i'm still gonna go with trey turner uh the guy's trey got turner. speed he's the total package for fantasy from everything i said before he's gonna get you home runs he's gonna get your rbi he's gonna hit for average above average and he's gonna get you stolen bases run scored uh so yeah trey turner is my number one one pick. Great pick. Obviously, we know Trey yeah. Turner fucks. Fucks in a oh, sleep. Yeah. Fucks all Probably the time. With his cleats on. Oh, 100%. <laughs> um, for me, I'm going to go Ronald Acuna Jr., man. I think okay. this so. will be his year. I think Ronald Acuna, I have him winning the MVP in the National League. Yep. He is healthy. He is yep. ready. He is one of the leaders of those that team. And we are going to see, not a breakout season because he's already had that. We're going right. to see him take the next step in his career, and that is being the best in the game. And that's <laughs> My pick for number oh. two. All right. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with Matthew Boyd. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> People are fainting everywhere. <gasps> oh, I clutch my pearls. No, I'm going to go with Aaron Judge. Uh, MVP last season. Uh, I don't think he's going to hit 61 home runs, but maybe get up in the uh, the 40s there. Over 100 RBIs, over 100 runs scored. Maybe steal you a few bags. Uh, get you high 280s, around 300 average. Uh, so yeah, he's going to be my uh, my number my number three pick. Now, while that's a great pick, I, I think these are the top three guys right now to go for, just because nope. there isn't any question marks in their nope. game. Nope. Uh, other than what Steve said, we don't know we the uncertainty what, what of Acuna yeah. coming back from the injury, the uncertainty nope. of Aaron Rodgers or Aaron Judge. Uh, <laughs> but number four for me, Steve, I'm going to go with a surefire pick for the bat. 
and that's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Get it. I mean, we all Get know it. what he's going to do. He's one of the leaders, if not the leader, of the Toronto Blue Jays. Yep. Uh, he's the modern-day Manny Ramirez without the steroids. Yep. So modern-day his father. So yeah. uh, Vlad Jr., man, all day. I got my first okay. baseman. All right. Um. So for me... Uh, next I'm going to go with, uh, with Jose Ramirez out of, uh, out of Cleveland. Uh, I think this could be the year that he takes that step and gets that MVP. Uh, he's, he's the star of that guardians team. He's going to get you 30 home runs near hundred RBIs, uh, can get you 20 plus stolen bases. I, I think he can put that package together. So, uh, Jose Ramirez, that'd be my next pick there. Great pick. Great Thanks. pick. Steve, this has gone lo- on long enough. Oh boy. I can't believe Mike Trout. Is Mike Trout, there he is in All the right. top twelve, and yeah. how nobody picked him sooner in our draft. I don't know why. I understand with the fantasy rankings, he's ranked closer to twentieth, which yeah. just fucking boggles me. I'm going Mike Trout number six. He's going to have a breakout year. Could potentially yeah. be another third time and what fourth, third or fourth MVP. Fourth, oh, yeah. yeah. Rack up another trophy for this guy. Come on, Mike Trout yeah. number six. All right, for me coming in at number seven, I'm going to go with. Uh, uh, who I think is Seattle's uh, next Ken Griffey Jr. And that's Julio Rodriguez. Great pick. And this guy, rookie of the year last year, definitely going to be in the MVP conversation this year. He's got the power. He's got the speed. He's got the average. If you can just stay healthy and uh, put together, he's going to have a, a fantastic year. So give me some uh, Julio Rodriguez, uh, number seven. Great pick. Great pick. I had him last year and he broke out as a rookie yep. and just had all the signs. But remember when he first came up, people were, he wasn't hitting and people no, he sucked. <laughs> and I thought, I, bro, I felt bad for Seattle because at the time Kyle Lewis was Kyle injured. Lewis, uh, yeah. <laughs> changed the record. Jared Kalenic, one of their top yep. prospects was just not producing. Mm-hmm. And then Julio Rodriguez, Julio Rodriguez comes up and it's just shitting the bed. And you're like, <laughs> did they make a Detroit Tigers mistake? Yeah, here? Seriously. I know. But he turned it around. He got used to guys' footing and uh, you know, led his way to that rookie of the year. So absolutely. Yeah. Uh Steve, my number eight. Let's start the conversation now. Oh, I still boy. think he's one of the best right fielders in the game, but I gotta go with my boy Mookie Betts. Boom. Yes. <laughs> Steve, okay. right. I wanna right. know why do you hate Mookie now? <laughs> why do I hate Mookie now? Because he was on my team last year and he freaking sucked. That's why I hate Mookie. I named my team after him, Salvi and the Bets. And you know what? Mookie was not Mookie was not it. What yeah. did he hit last year? 269. That's not Mookie. Yeah. You know? Uh, I mean, sure, he had 35 home runs. That was great. That was a personal best for him, but he only drove in 82 runs. Yeah. But the average wasn't there. Um, I mean, yeah, you got top five in MVP. I, it, no, he just he let me down last year. Yeah. So and he's he's let me down. He hasn't hit. You know, he had, you know, his first season with the Dodgers, he hit 292, but since then he's hitting the 260s. Yeah. That's not Mookie Betts. That's That's not not the guy who hit 346 in 2018 and took home the uh, the MVP or 318 in 2016 or 291 to kick off his career back-to-back years, you know? It's an interesting concept, and I know we potentially might talk about him later, but I also think he might be on this weird trend where he might be he might be uh, bu- uh, selling out for power mm-hmm. now because you notice his power numbers are up in terms of up. his yeah. his RBIs and his right. and his home runs since he left Boston, and it makes you wonder if he's going to do the Curtis Granderson approach, where Curtis oh, Granderson yeah. was Very not really bad. a big power guy when he was with Detroit, Mm-mm. but then he went to the New York Yankees and suddenly 
Suddenly he was Mr. Power. It's like, where yeah. the fuck did this come from? Exactly. He was hitting 30, the, home, the 30 plus home runs. Yeah. Right. You the know, average Granderson, went down. Granderson was always 280, 290, right around there. And then he went down to 250, 260 or so, but the home runs went up. Yeah. So it makes you wonder, crazy. Steve, if he's selling out for power, which in turn, when players do that, their averages are going to dip. Yeah. Their yeah. on base percentages sometimes dip. And mm-hmm. boy, that would be really hard to come across mm-hmm. seeing how Mookie was so good in the first. You know, seven years of his career, eight years yeah. of his career. So, yep. uh, I don't blame you. I, I don't blame you for. <laughs> he's definitely dropped, but I still believe in him. We'll see what pr- okay. produces this year. But if he's the same guy who gets thirty plus home runs and dog shit average, then the writing's on the wall for him yeah. being a, more of a power hitter, selling out yep. for power. So, uh, Mookie, say fucking boom, yeah, fucking boom. Mookie <laughs> Betts comes in for me at number eight. All right. And for me at number nine, I'm going to stick in the outfield here. I'm going to go with Kyle Tucker of the Astros. I like this guy. He's a lot of fun. He's very young, he, but I think he can get over 30 home runs, get close to 90-plus RBIs, can score 80, 90 runs a season, and can steal bases. So he might be one of those 30-30 threats that you could see uh, see this year. So for me, I like, uh, I like Kyle Tucker there at the number nine spot. Kyle Tucker's really good. Ah, boy. Who do I pick for oh, number 10? Yeah, it's getting I, tough, huh? You're going to go pitcher? You're going to go pitcher? I'm not going to do I don't think a pitcher right. is, should never sniff the nope. fart of a first round. I agree. Round. I agree. <laughs> uh, this is between a few different players, but I have to go for somebody who I know is going to produce and somebody who has produced literally every single year. I want to go Nolan Arenado, believe me, but he doesn't put up the same power numbers and the same run driving numbers as this guy, and that's Manny Machado. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think, you know, my dad ended up taking him first round and for good reason. I, I think he is that guy. He's the guy that's going to drive and runs. He gets on base. He's a leader in the field, in the clubhouse. He's a leader off the field. He's, he's just an immaculate player. And there's a reason why he got extended yep. for a better contract by, or got more money from the San Diego Padres is because we're watching a potential future hall of famer. And I wanted to choose a few other guys. I mean, if Shohei Otani, if he could be just one player and you could play him in the field and you could be as a pitcher and a batter instead of having mm-hmm. two separate guys, right, right? That would be a, definitely a pick in the first round. But in the, for the saying it's not, I mean, I have to go Manny Machado here. Okay. Okay. Solid pick. I like it. I'm we got round gonna- in and out. I'm also going to keep it here in uh, in Los Angeles. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to round out my my first round with Freddie Freeman. Actually, nice. Yeah, yep. So uh, I, I like uh, I like me some Freddie Freeman. Uh, had a great year last year. Uh, you know, solid 325 average. It's going to get you 20 plus home runs, close to 100 RBIs. It's going to get on base. Going to always be in that MVP uh, conversation there. Just an all around uh, great player. So uh, Freddie Freeman rounds things out here for me. Turner, Acuna, Jr., Aaron Judge, Vlad Jr., Jose Ramirez, Mike Trout, J-Rod, Mookie Betts, Kyle Tucker, Manny Machado, and Freddie Freeman. And a Padre. <laughs> that would be Steve and I's ideal first round. Now, yeah. we are going to be continuing the Then and Now series, Steve. Woo, okay. We All took, right, let's do it. We took a week off last I know. week. I know. People and are still crying about that, actually. Yeah, yeah. They're just yeah. all over, just blowing yeah. us up. We yeah. can't even sleep at night. Uh, yeah, I know. Just so so many. Why? Why did you take it away from? Don't worry. It's, it's back. It's back. You're on a roll. Yeah, you're on a roll. Bastards. Exactly. 
<laughs> a couple weeks ago, we did this best center fielders of the 80s. And right now, and we have two positions left and we That's are it. doing the right fielders this week. So the best yep. right fielders of the 80s, the best right fielders right now. Boy, there were some good right fielders yeah. in the 80s. Steve, kick us off with your number five top right fielder of the 1980s. Sure. Kick things off with a, a guy who was great on the field and could sleep with the women between innings <laughs> off the field. And that's uh, Daryl Strawberry. Oh yeah, brother. <laughs> I love Daryl Strawberry. Yeah, I believe a uh, yeah, rookie of the year, 1983, a six time, uh, I believe six time all-star in the eighties. Uh, obviously a big part of that 86 uh, Mets team. Uh, great. You know, surprisingly, uh, the guy did not win a gold glove, but he was always in the top six or so in MVP conversation. Uh, won a couple silver sluggers, just, uh, you know, great, great player in the eighties. And then just kind of pittered out in the nineties, you know, had a nice resurgence there with the Yankees near the end of, uh, end of his career. But, uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, with Daryl strawberry in for me at number five. Daryl Strawberry. When you think of Daryl Strawberry, you think of the 80s. He is yep. the 80s. So mm-hmm. uh, number five for me, this guy would probably be in the top 1970s right fielders of all time. Right. But I had to put him in the 80s because he produced very well in the 80s. And he's definitely one of my top 25 players I just love of all time. And that's Dave Parker. The Cobra. Yes. The Cobra. I love that nickname, man. Oh, uh, the Cobra. Yeah. And it's because he has a huge dick. No. That's probably what it is. <laughs> He had great years in the 70s. He, yep. he was a two-time World Series champion, once in 79, and then again in 1989. He was an NL MVP in 1978. But I like Dave Parker because I do love what he did in the 80s. Of course, mm-hmm. he was killing it in the 70s. But, man, uh, 85 and 86, he was battling there for MVP. I mean, his 86 season or his 85 season was just amazing. A 312 average, 125 RBIs, 42 doubles to lead the fucking league. I mean, I just the Cobra was it for me in mm-hmm. with with Pittsburgh, and he he was just one of the many reasons to love the Pittsburgh Pirates back then. Yeah. Aside from now, which that's totally that <laughs> Robert Nutting, the owner, just took a franchise and just yeah, totally buried did. the fucker in the mud. Uh huh. Wiped uh, his ass with. Oh, hundred percent. From eighty to nineteen eighty three, he's. Well, I guess you could say from 1973 to 1983, he was all Pittsburgh. And then he rounded yep. out the rest of his 80s with with the Cincinnati Reds and then obviously the Oakland A's yep. before uh, a little brief stint in Milwaukee in 1990. But the Cobra Man comes in for me at number five. Yeah, I love Dave Parker, man. That was a guy that, you know, he, he could he was good everywhere that every when he made the, the teams better, you know, obviously Pittsburgh. But then he went to Cincinnati and had a good stint there and then. A couple of years in Oakland, he was great there. And then even in Milwaukee, you know, the 1990 he hit 289. I know we're talking about the 80s, but yeah, you know, he's in the MVP conversation there. So he's just good everywhere he went. I think the guy really needs to be in the Hall of Fame. But uh, I do. I agree. You know, I, I digress. Um, coming in for me at number four is uh, Jesse Barfield of the uh, Toronto yeah. Blue Jays. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Barfield was just a, uh, a solid average, you know, best season probably in his career was 1986. He had 40 home runs, 108 RBIs, uh, all-star that year, top five MVP, gold gloves too. So he's a wizard in the field too. He won uh, two gold gloves uh, in his career. So gold glove, silver slugger award in 86. Uh, Jesse Barfield just, you know, those Blue Jay teams from the 80s were really mm. good. Uh, mm-hmm. You look at that, the 87 team, uh, you know, was, was solid too. He won a gold glove there in 87, hit 28 home runs, 84 RBIs. He had George Bell on that team. Uh, sorry that the Tigers had to beat you guys at the end, but 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Jesse Barfield uh, kind of gets overlooked, but uh, for me, he comes in at uh, at number four. It's a, a sleeper pick there. Yeah. I didn't even consider Jesse Barfield. No, but I, I do I, what I can. I'm full of but sleepers. Je- right. But Jesse, <laughs> Jesse Barfield, definitely an amazing right fielder for his yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with the guy who I don't think should be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Harold Baines. Ooh, all right. Old, old Harold Baines. <laughs> now, I do believe Her- Dave Tucker should be in the Hall of Fame, as do you, or Dave Ooh. Parker should be in the Hall of Fame. Because he had an amazing stretch from the 70, 70s through the 80s. Yep. Where Harold Baines, good player, man. I mean, a very good player. Solid, started his solid, career with the White Sox. In, right. Started his career at the White Sox in 1980. Ended it with the White Sox in 2001. Harold Baines is a Hall of Famer in their eyes, of course. But he is a Hall of Famer, which I just can't. I guess it's because of stats, because he's been in the league for so many years. He played 22 years, which makes a lot of sense. But in the 80s, I got to give him his props. I mean, I think he did really good. He had a string of batting over 300. I mean, 304, mm-hmm. 309, and he get in 89, 309. Uh, well, 309 with total as well. But that's when he played for the Texas Rangers and the White Sox at the same time. So, or before going to the uh, Rangers. But uh, I, yeah, it was a guy that didn't strike out a whole hell of a lot. He would drive right. in runs. And obviously he was just a hitting machine, especially in the eighties. I mean, this is a guy who from Jesus, I mean, looking at his stats from 82 to 89 had always over a hundred hits. So his durability was up too. He never got injured. So Harold Baines for me comes in at number four. Good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Number three for me is uh, Dave Winfield. Uh, so, solid player, you know, always in the All Star conversation there, uh, there in the eighties. You know, solid two, two, two eighty up through three hundred and eighty four. He did hit three forty, uh, which is a you know a, a solid average. It's uh, you know killer there. They had such a great average, but only hit nineteen home runs that year. But he's a guy that can hit you thirty thirty plus home runs if you want him to over hundred RBIs. Uh, so he was a, he was a hitter, but he could also field too. He won multiple Gold Gloves in the '80s. Always in that top ten conversation uh, uh, for MVP. Um, just uh, just uh, I always, I always like Dave Winfield. Uh, I think of him obviously with the San Diego Padres uh, his time in the '70s. But you know it was that big free agent splash for the Yankees uh, in the '80s. So Dave Winfield he uh, comes in for me at number three. Number three. Gotta love Winnie, man. Uh, yep. Number three for me is somebody Steve already said, Daryl Strawberry. Okay. Get Again, it. you can't think of the 80s without thinking of Daryl Strawberry, especially yep. that great Mets team, those great Mets teams. So uh, Daryl Strawberry, six foot six guy, big guy. Uh, I liked him. Oh, everything but the heroin, the cocaine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Broke onto the street scene in 83 and then just all star all the throughout the all the entire 80s. And then once 1991 happened, it just, he shit the bed dramatically, but uh, it's just one of his best seasons was in 87 and 88. Of course, we remember those great Mets teams. We remember the 86 Mets, which he was Mm -hmm. very crucial in there with them as well. But Daryl Strawberry, man, I mean, uh, he was just a dynamic player. I mean, obviously people think about the the shit he did, the illegal stuff he did, which sucks ass but for the most part in the 80s he was the wonder kid man he did it all so daryl strawberry for me comes in at number three okay solid pick i like it 
Uh, number two for me is uh, Boston Red Sox. Uh, great Dwight Evans. Yeah, uh, yeah Dwight Evans. I didn't really bring home the hardware, but he's just a, a Mr. Mr. Consistency. I mean, he got five gold gloves in the 80s, which was fantastic, but he was just a guy that could get on base. I believe he led the league in walks in uh, 1985, where he had 114 walks uh, on the season. Arguably, his best season was 87 or mm-hmm. so, I'd say. Well, I mean, 81 was pretty good, too, but uh, led the league with 106 walks, a 305 average, 34 home runs, 123 RBIs. So this is a guy that could do it behind you know in the field but also at the plate um kind of kind of gets overlooked on those those fun red sox teams from the 70s uh 70s into uh into the 80s there so uh i mean think about that team there with with boston they had dwight evans jim rice ustremski i mean i'm going back to the 70s but still yeah. fred lynn so just a, a fun team there but yeah in the you know in the 80s he had a couple top five finishes for uh for mvp um I mean, he led the league in plate appearances in 1984. He had 738 plate appearances wow. and uh, 121 runs scored that year. So, yeah, just an overall great baseball player. So I'm going to go with uh, with number two. I went with uh, Mr. Dwight Evans. Mr. Dwight Evans. Yeah, definitely yep. one of the best. Uh, number two for me is somebody uh, Steve already said, and that's Dave Winfield, man. Good I mean, Dave Winfield, all-star yeah. from 77 all the way to 88. So. Yeah. This guy was one of the best players in the '80s. He's kind of a home, a plus thirty home run guy. Mm-hmm. Always got on base. Always, you could count on him to get over a hundred RBIs every year. His OPS was off the fucking charts. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, this guy is just—he's one of the amazing. I mean, in eighty, in seventy-nine, he had three hundred and thirty-three total bases, which. Woo. I was like, man, he's never going to come close to that again. But then he did in 82 and 83, 302, 307. So he was definitely hitting some extra base hits, too, in there, which is really good. And for a guy that would be considered a power hitter, he didn't really strike out a lot. That's one thing I noticed with a lot of these power hitters throughout the 80s. They didn't strike out a lot compared to now. When you consider a player a power hitter, they strike out a fucking lot. Mm -hmm. So which it's just bad. That's just a bad, bad development for the most part. Bad habits. But Dave Winfield for me, man. Uh, Steinbrenner loved to spy on him. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And from Billy Martin, Billy Martin's son, I I know Billy Martin's son, and he said he would go into the Yankees clubhouse all the time when his dad managed. And Winfield had a huge dick. He said Winfield oh, really? had a fucking knee slapper. And oh, I, I, yeah, he goes, he's all man. He's like, he's you, all man. You can't not fucking see it. He goes, he had a. When he was a kid, he had a full conversation with Dave Winfield as Dave was sitting there with his fucking Johnson. Just, <laughs> and, and, yeah. So Billy, Billy Martin Jr. Billy exposing Martin Jr. <laughs> Winnie. Uh, wow. Yeah, so Man, Dave Winfield, great. you get number two for playing yeah. being in the field and for having a huge dick. There we go. They should have called him the Cobra. Yeah, oh, man, definitely. <laughs> Things on the loose. Yeah, right? Uh, I think we both have the same number one, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, that's, we do. That's Tony Gwynn. Yeah, man. Tony Gwynn. Uh, Tony Gwynn. Is, the late, I mean, great Tony Gwynn, yes. Yeah. What can you say about Tony Gwynn? The only time he hit under 300 was his rookie, rookie year in 82 there. He hit 289. Yeah. Other than that, 
I had 371, 394, and 90, wow. you know, we're talking about the 90s there, but you know, over 300 all the time. All the time. All-star, all the time, gold glove, silver slugger. The guy was freaking amazing. You know, in, his, in his eight-time NL batting champion, he won oh. it in 84, 87, 88, yeah. and 89. So yeah. all around, just a fucking immaculate hitter. Surprisingly yeah. enough, he's never won an MVP. That's shocking, Which, to be honest, yeah. Because you imagine, because we we named some pretty good outfielders throughout the yep. '80s, but the fact that he's never been able to become the greatest outfielder of the '80s mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. interesting, and then especially winning an MVP to solidify all that, which is interesting. But yep. nevertheless, one of the greatest hitters of all time. I mean, yep. a batting average of three thirty eight career. It's just Oof. come on, man. man. Unbelievable. It's a shame he's dead. I mean, he was yep. the yep. best of the best, man. Yep, one of my favorite players I know of all time. So, uh, yeah, Tony Gwynn, he comes in. And number one in the then series, shall we shift over to now? Well, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Real Mike, quick. We, yeah, go for it. Might as well, because we've already talked about a lot of these guys. But, uh, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about them. We'll talk, you know, we'll talk <laughs> about them again. We'll yes. Again. So top yeah. right fielders right now, uh, Kyle Tucker comes in for me at number five. Number five, solid. Number five for me is a guy that you'll probably drop your jaw. Uh, you should be higher, but for me, no, he's not because I have a personal vendetta against him. It's Mookie Betts, sir. <laughs> wow, he is. I'm dropped. sorry. I forgot what he was for you last year. He was higher. I'll say that. Holy <laughs> shit, bro! What a yeah, drop. he's no, he's number five. Hey, you know what? Lay off the power and start getting on base more. Or else I'll I'll move you back up the list, bud. But uh, you got a lot to prove yeah. this year. You got a lot to prove. Don't don't just and you were noticing it too. You said yeah, on his Instagram, his, his Instagram's different than what it was when he was in Boston, right? He was more on yeah. the workouts and stuff, and now he's more on the celebrity scene, right? He would he would he would he would he would take interviews and help coach players. I'm not saying he's not doing that now, right. but you could just see it's littered with celebrity. He's a celebrity mm-hmm. now in L.A. and yeah. uh, some people can embrace it and be very well, and some people can't. I mean, Magic Johnson was. Yeah. L.A. man, and he, he could Mr. L.A. and he could do it. And I'm not saying yep. Mookie Betts can't, but he's not the Mookie Betts that was coming from the Boston Red Sox, where you're right. like, "Holy fuck, this is the next Willie Mays." So there's been a little bit of noticeable of a, of a dip in his in his playing career. So we'll yeah. hopefully he turns it around. I hope so because I like Mookie Betts. But I yeah, right too. now, right now he's number five on my list. So. Uh, number four for me, Juan Soto. We don't we haven't talked about Juan Soto a lot, about, yeah. but I wonder what the Padres are going to end up doing with him. Uh, uh, essentially, I think. When you think about the San Diego Padres, you hear about Tatis, you hear about Machado and and everything they have. And Soto's kind of the third guy you always yeah. talk about or fourth guy sometimes and behind some of the other players. And I don't know. I, I think he's probably one of the most consistent hitters out of all of them. So mm-hmm. uh, people have compared him to kind of a Ted Williams-esque hitter. And right. uh, I still believe that. So, yeah, Juan Soto for me comes in at number four. Okay. Number four for me is a guy you talked about, Kyle Tucker. We talked about him at nauseum already today. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Kyle Tucker is at number four. Uh, number three, same, Ronald Acuna Jr. This is it his is. year to shine, man. So he probably might move up on the list, but for now, he's number three for me. And number three for me is a guy you just talked about, Juan Soto. I'm curious to see what, what he does and what San Diego does for him long term. So right now, he's at number three for me. Yeah, we are in the golden age of right fielders. We I mean, really it's are. apparent by yeah, our yeah. first round fantasy picks. It's yep. apparent by so what we're talking. Right <laughs> All these guys could be an MVP consideration. Yep. I mean, it's just the last three years have been we've been embarrassed, mm-hmm. embarrassing, uh, how embarrassingly 
stock full of goods of right fielders we have. Yeah. So uh, yeah. number two for me, Mookie Betts. I'm not going to drop my boy until uh, <laughs> I knew you wouldn't. The bottom <laughs> drops out. I still think there's a lot right. there. He brings a lot to the game. He could. He is kind of the heart and soul of the Dodgers right now. Right. And aside from Clayton Kershaw, right. and I just think when Mookie's in the game, you always have a chance. So yeah. Mookie comes in for me at number two. All right. Number two for me is uh, Ronald Cooney Jr. It's definitely a prove it year for him. Uh, can he take the ball and run with it to an MVP? I, I think the chances are definitely high that he can. So curious to see what he does because uh, he has all the tools to do it. So Cooney Jr. comes in for me at number two. And number one for cool. both of us. Yep. Aaron, Aaron Judge, baby. All rise. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what else can we say about Aaron Judge? We've talked about him a lot already here. And he's the whole package and he's the next captain here of the Yankees. Yeah. And, uh, uh, he's just fun to watch. You know? There there was a time where, or last year, I had Mookie number one, but I think Aaron Judge mm-hmm. is coming off such a hot streak of play. It's mm-hmm. almost stupid not to give him number one, just because right. I'm interested to see what he does next, because yeah. even if he gets 50-plus home runs, 120, 30-plus RBIs, mm-hmm. it's a successful fucking season for him. I mean, he's already... Now, once you hit that 29-30, you're starting to establish... <laughs> the rest of your hall of fame career. If you had yep. an amazing career in your twenties, yep. then the thirties kind of solidifies that. So we're going right. to see people like Mookie Betts and Aaron judge and see what, if they can make that next step in their careers to solidify potential hall of fame bids. So, yeah, I think judge, he wants that world series. I think, you know, he's gotten so close in the playoffs. They just haven't taken that next step. They haven't made the world series in two, since 2009. So I think that's really what he wants. And I want him yeah. to win it so bad. I yeah. mean, I, I don't like the Yankees like as of like top I've, I've right. softened over uh, softened um, right for them over the years, but come on, man, Aaron judge. How I like he, Yankee tradition. Yeah, I just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, if he wins one good for him, man, he deserves yeah. it. Yep. Yep. And with that, that's our now for right field. Where are we heading to next week? Uh, next week will be the finale of the Then and Now series Ooh. with designated hitters. The DH. All right, that should be fun. So a lot of American League players from the 80s. All American League. <laughs> yeah, all American League. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Oh, man. So with that, should we uh, head on over to Collection Corner? Let's do it. All right. Yeah. So up for me this week, probably because of his large penis, uh, Dave Winfield, <laughs> he comes in. <laughs> <laughs> on the upside for me, he's up, uh, Yeah, exactly. He's up two hundred and forty-four dollars and thirty-four cents, or a three thousand three hundred eighty-eight point nine zero percent increase to a market value of two hundred fifty-one dollars and fifty-five cents. Man, he was next to nothing and then just shot right up. I know. That's probably like how his penis does. Gotta feel bad for his wife, man. Yeah, I don't know, man. that's a backbreaker. Oh man. Up cards include his 1975 tops, uh, number 61, and his 1983 Donruss, number uh, 409. I also, uh, his 74 tops rookie is pretty sweet. I have that in my it collection. So uh, down this week for me is, uh, Ky- uh, wow, Kyle Tucker. Sorry. Kyle. Uh, he's down. <laughs> Kyle Tucker's tw- show. Yeah, exactly. It really is. He's down $20.28 or 52.70% uh, decrease to a market value of. Uh, $18.20. Uh, down cards include his t- 2022 Tops Chrome Sapphire Edition number 319 and his 2019 Tops Rookie number 60. He killed it in the WBC, man. He, he was did. really good. He, did. he was a lot of fun. Him and Trey Turner were killer. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Um, up for me is Mookie Betts. Surprise, Mookie. surprise. $15.02. Yeah. That's a 63.889% increase. Market price right now sits around $38.53. 
uh, some of his top cards right now that are actually skyrocketing the most are there's many of them, but the top three I really want to note here are his 2014 tops update. That's a U.S. 26. His U.S. is considered one of his more famous rookie cards. Mm -hmm. His 22 Stadium Club Power Zone and his 2018 tops 83 All Stars Gold. Uh, Down for me is the Cobra. Oh, Dave Parker down $29.50. Got to hate that $29 decrease. Uh, That's a negative 82.61% decrease. Market price right now sits around a whopping $6.21. You like Dave Parker, his stuff's pretty dirt fucking cheap. Uh, His 78 tops batting leaders with his, with Rob, has Rod Carew on it, number 201. His 1981 Dunruss number 136 and his 82 tops number 40. Right. Thanks. I think that 78, that was the year Rod Carew. I think he was flirting with 400. He was. That's pretty dope. Uh, Should we uh, get the candles out and celebrate a birthday? Let's do it. It's a happy birthday to Detroit Tigers pitching great, the maestro, Denny McLean, born on March the 29th, 1944. Uh, Denny compiled a 131 and 91 career record with a 3.39 career ERA and 1,282 strikeouts. He spent most of his time with the Tigers. Uh, and then in 1971, went to the Senators, A's, and rounded things out, bottomed out with the Braves in 1972. Uh, three-time All-Star World Series champ in 1968, AL MVP in 68, two-time Cy Young Award winner, 68 and 69, and two-time AL wins leader, 68, 69. Uh, I mean, you're the pitcher. I mean, the last 30 game winner. So a little trivia on him during the 1968 season, uh, McLean had a 4.44 strikeout to walk ratio as a starter. Uh, That was a Detroit Tigers season record that stood until 2016 when it was eclipsed by Justin Berlander. Nice. Yeah. So happy birthday to Denny McLean. Happy birthday, Denny McLean. Yeah. And this is it. This is it. Our last last trivia question here. Last trivia question to round out. Are, are, are you sad? Because I know I. Well, you win. You won. You yeah, already won. True. So, yeah, um, right. if I win, I'll be four wins to your five. So, All right. uh, here's here's hoping, Steve. All right. Well, I know how much you like this guy, so that's why I included him in the trivia question here. So, Tim Anderson oh, yeah. is seventh all time with 767 starts at shortstop for the White Sox. Who is first? Is it A. Ozzy Guillen? B, Luke Appling, C, Luis Apricio, or D, Alexi Ramirez. Bro, that's a fucking hard one. <laughs> I, know, I, like to, I know what you love, Tim Anderson, so I just wanted to throw a little Tim Anderson. That's for me, and it's the most short starts at shortstop for Short the franchise? Stop, yep, for, for the franchise, yeah. I mean, I, I want to say Appling or Apricio, but Ozzy Guillen is there. Don't overthink this, man. Don't overthink this. Yeah, I'm going to go Ozzy Guillen, man. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. Mm. Hey, you're wrong, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, but no. It was, it was it, Luke, Luke Appling. Oh, that was going to be my second guess. 2,202 starts at shortstop from 1930 to 1950. What? What? <laughs> and yet, that Appling would have been my next guess, but yeah. I couldn't remember if he played his entire career with them or if he went yeah. to another team. Yeah, Aparicio was the one that started with the White Sox, left, and then came back. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's from right. the 50s, uh, 60s. Uh, type, yeah. So, yeah, Appling. Good old Luke uh, Appling. The more you know, man. The yeah, more exactly. You know. I mean, yeah. you find out that he's the most 
starting shortstop. Uh, Tim Anderson's behind Appling, and Dave yeah, Winfield yeah. is a big penis. So. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? We live to give you knowledge here on the show. Yeah, right? That's that's <laughs> what you'll get here on the show. That's what you get exactly. And uh, cool songs. And cool <laughs> songs. In the meantime, guys, this is a fucking show. That was a great show. Whew. Good show. A long jam-packed show. Next week, yeah. we'll be talking uh, the last part of Then and Now with the DHs, yep. and then, of course... We're balls deep into the season at that point. So and we'll get some early weeks worth of games by that point. We'll uh, get an early test to see who's uh, setting the bar high and who's uh, crapping the bed. I can't fucking wait, dude. Yeah, it's going to be great, especially with the MLB TV package that we have. We'll just be surfing the game. It's going to be fucking sweet. Exactly, bro. Yep. Exactly. Right. Uh, in the meantime, we will catch you guys all next week. Deuces. Deuces.